Hello, and finally, finally, welcome back to the Trouble with the Snap podcast. I am Tyler Hayward alongside Jeremy File, and um, look, this is a time frame now, I guess you could say we really need sports more than ever to uh, unify this country, and we're going to be getting that relatively soon, and, you know, it's something that I I feel is necessary. Um, you know, we always talk about the sport the importance of sports in life and all those types of things. And uh, I know Jeremy is always a monster advocate for that. And look, it's, if it's not evident now, it won't ever be. (laughs) No, I think this is, this is a very, very important time that uh, for sports to really maybe take, uh, take on its own lead. Um, But the problem Tyler is this, and, and, and I want to say this real quick. One thing when we were coming up, we didn't have social media. And, and I want to share a quick story because I think this is very powerful. When, I, when I was an athlete. For those barnyard parties we went to. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, number one, we, we understand what, what happened with George Floyd. And it was devastating. I mean, anybody that has any um, heart at all is going to feel pain for that situation. We're going to feel pain, honestly, for anybody that loses their life. You know, I mean, it's just devastating for families and I have to say this it's devastating no matter what this person his background is it's just a sad situation and we also understand the the issues we have in this country but I want to say this real quick well this is why sports is so important when I was playing at Western Michigan I, I believe we had 50-50 with we had 50% white players 50% black players we have 50% white coaches we have 50% black coaches and, and I remember there was a time uh, we, we had some players that wanted to talk about race and, and we didn't have social media to go on there and blast our opinion and rip others down. And I was so thankful that we didn't because the conversation that took place was so powerful. And, and I thought that what we learned is we learned from each other. We learned that we were all a little different. We all grew up in different neighborhoods. We dealt with different struggles. We, we spoke on those struggles. Um, I think a lot of us white players, you know, our eyes were open to certain things that African-Americans dealt with, and we, were, uh, we didn't probably deal with those struggles. And I just thought it brought us closer together. <clears throat> and what's more powerful, Tyler, than playing a team sport like football and basketball and coming together to have the same purpose and, and being friends off the court or off the playing field? Um, that's what sports does. And, and I, I really think we need to come closer together here. And I, and I know Tyler and I are always going to feel this way. Uh, we've had so many amazing guests on our show that were African-American, that were Caucasian-American. I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, we, we felt that those people, people were powerful people that made a huge impact on our society. And uh, we need to get to that, man. We need to get to sports. I do believe it brings us closer together. We can tackle issues, but boy, I really want to see some people tackling each other. Sorry, but <laughs> I'd like to see some football and yep. I, because I think that these young athletes, no matter where they come from, really work their butts off. And I'm just ready, man. And I and I know we all will come together, but it's a tough time, Tyler. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I just want to add one thing. You, you said that you guys sat down and talked about it. You sat down and you talked about it. A conversation is not always a one-way street. And it – like – you need like silent protests or whatever. We saw how that went down with Kaepernick. There was actually no discussion of it. And that's, 
that that's the type of thing that we need to need to talk. We need to talk to each other. We need to understand what the other person's going through and not just, you know, like I said, it's not a one way street. You can't make it one. That being right. said, we are going to talk about people tackling each other <laughs> At, in one week. Well, last week, uh, the, the, the decision was made in East Lansing in one week, Michigan state student athletes return to campus. And I got goosebumps just thinking about that. I'm excited, even though, you know, you and I have talked about Mel Tucker's first season, the lack of any semblance of spring practices or spring game uh, to look at, see what the offense is going to look like, what the defense is going to look like. Uh, are they going to implement a little bit of three, four? Uh, is it going to be more spread or pro style? Um, obviously, I think uh, – Michigan State's going to be running a little bit more spread. But that being said, we, we typically do this every after every spring uh, spring session is, you know, we look at the position groups, you know, who we think is – who who we think's got the higher up. You know, this is the Trouble with Snap podcast yeah. between Michigan and Michigan State. So that's what we're actually going to do here today. Uh, I'm going to name a position group. I'll give you a breakdown of Michigan. I'll give you a breakdown of Michigan State. Um, because that is each of our respective areas of expertise. And then we're going to talk about, you know, who, who we would rather roll with. And, uh, look, let's, let's, let's start with the easy one. Let's, let's start with uh, the quarterback position in Michigan. Yeah, I think, my opinion, I, I really think Joe Milton needs to be the guy. I, I, I believe that his ability with his uh, arm strength and, and his ability to uh, really just – he's just got a great arm. I mean, let's just be honest. The, the guy had can throw it, you know, on his knees, what, 60, 70 yards, they were, they were saying. Uh, watching him train a little bit with Devin Gardner, I know it's different training than playing. And it's way different when the lights come on and you got real people chasing you. But uh, I just think with his ability to throw the deep ball, we need that. We've been missing that at Michigan. Uh, I think he is definitely an able runner still. It's not like he's a slow player. He's a very athletic player. He's got great size, which I think is also important because when you look at someone like Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence, their size is what makes it so tough when they run. You know, they're able to get those two or three yards. We've seen it with Connor Cook. He had great size. He was able to get a three or four-yard gain to get a first down. Um, you know, even Brian Lewerke at times in his past, he's a bigger player. Um, I think that's what hurt with Shea Patterson was he was a smaller player. Um, Dylan McCaffrey does have more size, but I think he's not the thrower that Joe Milton is. Um, I, I think you got to find a way to get Dylan McCaffrey on the field still, but I think you got to put the, the ball in Joe Milton's hands. Um, that's my opinion on it. I mean, we're going to find out. I don't think if Dylan McCaffrey's a starter, we'll be like that much lesser. I just think with Joe Milton as the starter, we could be greater. I think we could take a, maybe that next step where we win a game that, we maybe shouldn't have won because of a deep ball. Um, so that's my opinion on it. Um, it's going to be interesting, Pat. It really is because both guys technically haven't had a whole lot of great experience. Yeah, and, I mean, that's the one thing I think both both schools are lacking. You know, you can sit there and you're like, oh, well, Michigan State hasn't been advantage in regards to experience, at least in one area. Um, or Michigan has the advantage here in another area in regards to experience here. Nobody started. Nobody has started. You know, you have Milton and McCaffrey in one quarterback room. In the other quarterback room, you have Theo Day, who does bring that size, but he's more 
a pocket passer type quarterback. You have Rocky Lombardi. Uh, we have seen a small sample size from him. Like just a tremendous, tremendous football body for a quarterback and a cannon for an arm. But God help me, that accuracy and inability to read a defense is something else. And then you have Peyton Thorne, who's a highly touted red shirt freshman. Um, and then Noah Kim in the other room. But, like, and I think Thorne's going to end up getting this job. But all of that said, when you break down these two position groups, if Rocky Lombardi is even close to sniffing that starting job, the edge has obviously got to go to Michigan's quarterback. Yeah. No, you're right. I, I think the, here's the scary part about that, though, Tyler, is Rocky Lombardi – is the guy who has the most experience out of, of all the all, players. As far out, as, not just out of Michigan State's group, out of Michigan's group as well. Sure. Oh, there's no question. He has the most experience. He's he's won a football game too, you know, and, and uh, you know, that's what it is. And Jordan's even crying in the background about this, <laughs> you know, because he's like, I can't believe Rocky Lombardi is the guy that it has the most experience of everyone. Um, you know, it, it's just – it's a really tough time for both schools period because number one with all the COVID-19 stuff. And then with no experience with a quarterback, I mean, uh, the beginning of the year is going to be paramount, whatever happens. Cause we don't know what will happen with the season yet, but it's imperative that somebody steps up and, and really takes over and, and becomes a leader, like right in front of our eyes for both schools. Um, Rocky Lombardi, was just a dud last year. I hate to say it, but he was an absolute dud when he did have his times. And he just looked almost disinterested. Tyler, did you get that vibe? Like he looked a little disinterested um, or just didn't look like the same energy. Behind him. Yeah. And I mean, I, I get that Lewerke kind of had a rough couple of years, you know, with the, the change in the throwing motion because of an injury. But when he's sitting there and he's trying to talk to you and I see Rocky Lombardi just kind of like staring off into the distance on the sidelines that like those type of things just kind of give you a negative vibe. Uh, I think, I think Lombardi has other world talent, like straight talent. It's there, but there's no question. Let me, let me say this real quick. Sorry to cut you off, but Rocky Lombardi, when remember how much I was just an advocate for him because of his energy and his excitement and his ability. Yeah, it looked to, a little different against Nebraska. <laughs> yeah, and it was like, wait a minute, like, okay, you know, and that happens with young quarterbacks. But but I think if if he wants to make a stand and he and, and him be the guy, physically he's the guy. We yeah. know that. Um, you know, physically with his ability to to like I just mentioned, get a couple yards with his legs and his strength. Um, he, he's got a cannon. The guy can absolutely chuck it. Um, he can throw those tough, tight window passes when he's accurate. They're just beautiful. I think he had a couple passes against Purdue two years ago that were just unbelievable. And that's why I was raving about him. But, but like I said, you know, like, well, Tyler, like you said, his attitude was not great last year and you could see that. And his energy was not the same, but, uh, yeah, it, I don't know. I mean, if, if I had to make a choice today, um, I think I go with him because you, you, that's all you have. Um, but I think you've got to be risky. And it's kind of like with Michigan, Tyler, where maybe Dylan McCaffrey has more of the, you know, the experience. But man, oh, man, Joe Milton might be the guy that, you know, really fully takes him over the top. And, I mean, I, either way, I think it's safe to say that, you know, if you had, you had to pick a room to roll with, it would be Michigan. It, 
like right now, there's just too much youth on Michigan State side, and there's a little bit more age on U of M side. There's obviously more consistency. They're not learning a new playbook. You got to go in Michigan there. A uh, couple of returnees to both schools. And so let's talk about the running back room uh, at U of M. So anyways, before we were so rudely interrupted by technical difficulties, we were going to be talking about the running back room at U of M. Yeah. Well, let me just say I was just mentioning it. Um, you know, the depth, I told Tyler this, the depth that Michigan has would make their group maybe better than State, but, but Elijah Collins is the best running back uh, in the room, period. Um, so Zach Charbonnet and Hassan Haskins were fantastic last year. Uh, you add Chris Evans, that, that makes your depth even greater. Um, Captain America. Yeah, you have, uh, you have a freshman uh, coming in who's going to be very good. Uh, Giles Jackson had, had played in the backfield at times, but typically he's a jet sweep guy playing the slot, but they had times of him in the backfield. Um, there's a lot of runners, period, for Michigan right now. Um, but Charbonnet and Haskins, 1A, 1B is the main backs. We're very, very good last year. Uh, I was very impressed with Hassan Haskins. I, I couldn't believe how well he played because he really came out of nowhere and was a defensive player. Uh, this group was good, very, very good. Uh, Depth-wise, one of the better groups in the Big Ten. Uh, they don't have that one guy, of course, and you have to have that. If you want to say a position group is the best, you got to – you know, there's no J.K. Dobbins in the backfield for Michigan right now. But uh, they do have a whole lot of guys that could make plays – that are good in space, um, and it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to see what they do. It's really going to be interesting, Todd. I want to end on this for Michigan side. What is Chris Evans going to be? Because if Chris Evans is anything like he was as a sophomore and at times a freshman, look out because he was fantastic. And remember how good Karan Higdon was. And Chris Evans was the one back over Higdon many years there. So I, I think that he could be the wild card. Tyler, he really could because he's had a lot of experience and his freshman, sophomore year. I mean, one of our friends, I have to shout him out, Mr. Brent Tudhill. Uh, we were going crazy over Chris Evans when he was a freshman. We're like, just get number 12 the ball. Forget everybody else. So let's not forget that. Chris Evans was very good, um, but Karan Higdon just totally took off in his senior year and, and it really kind of took away from uh, Mr. Evans. But don't forget about him because he could be a little piece there. And uh, Michigan State's got a return here as well in uh, Connor Hayward. Um, we, look, we, we don't know what his role is going to be. Uh, we saw it disappear uh, thanks in large part due to a uh, lack of handles. And uh, obviously <laughs> running back, it'd be nice to have, have him hold on to the ball. He's a great pass catcher, though. And so you yeah. have that pass catcher out of the backfield. You have that, you know, that bulldozer and Brandon Wright who – even with the emergence of Elijah Collins, was able to uh, sneak in a couple of reps, especially towards the end of the year. And Williams, just a flat-out speedster, stat-back type player. Uh, you, you have all those variable, all those like various talents that's specific to each guy. Like I said, Williams, a speedster, right can run you over, and then you have a guy in a Hayward, who's a little shiftier than uh, people realize, but just a dynamic pass catcher, just great hands. And uh, but then well, you we see that in the Michigan Collins. game. 
remember the Michigan game two years ago. That was just an unbelievable catch from Connor Hayward. And I think a new coaching staff is what he needed. And I think that Mel Tucker and that new staff, I think he'll kind of, it's a clean slate for Connor Hayward, right? So I, yeah. number number one, let me add this, what you just said, Tyler, Michigan State's got a great depth in the running back position too. I mean, if this was a position battle that would kind of go back and forth and, and it depends on what week it is, I think this would be that position group um, yeah. because Elijah Collins is an absolute stud. Yeah. I mean, he's a star in the making and he's already been a star. So all of yeah, that, I think this is a tough group to decide. All of that said, Elijah Collins had 988 yards last season without playing the first game and a half and behind an yeah. offensive line that was beat up. Uh, when I think when he started playing Kevin Jarvis, the best offensive lineman on the team was not on the field. And Elijah Collins still almost got to 1,000 yards. And so when you look at it, look, Michigan has more depth, but – you're only going to get one or two guys, two of these guys on the field at the same time. And I think Elijah Collins is the best one altogether right now. So if you're looking at me and I've got to pick between these two groups, I am going with Michigan state. Yeah. I, I think um, for me, um, I'm going to just, you know, do something I don't normally do. I'm going to just say it's a tie because I think that what Tyler just said was Elijah Collins is the best back. Um, I do think Michigan has, a few more guys that have been able to uh, break out and have big moments. Like the, de- the, the quality of their depth is better, but both teams are kind of deep. Sure. No, they're both. Yeah. They're both very deep. I just think because Hassan Haskins has played so well, right. and Zach Charbonnet has played so well. And then you add Chris Evans, who's, who has proven himself for years. Um, you, you have something there. And, and then with the new freshman coming in, we'll see how good he is, but. Yeah, I'm gonna say tie, Tyler. I mean, I really just don't know at this point. I'm sure we'll find out more when uh, if we have a season that starts. Yep. Uh, which, by the way, I, I do think that is going to happen. I'm kind of tying into my open. Look, uh, Bill Beekman said they're hopeful to play against Northwestern that opening week, and so look, I, I think this is going to happen, and I'm excited that was a great for statement. Samuel Stanley. Come did on, negativity. That was great that Bill Beekman said that. I mean, it was nice to hear somebody say something positive for a change. President Samuel Stanley did say uh, the capacity is going to be a little bit different. Could be 20, could be 30%. uh, But, I mean, 50 has been the number thrown around by a lot of other schools. And so we'll see where it goes. But it looks like there is going to be a season, and it might be a full season. And that's just fantastic to hear. Uh, Let's get to the wide receivers. I don't think this one's going to be as close. (laughs) No, no. Michigan has just so much uh, greatness coming back. I hate to say it that way because I don't want to throw that word around lightly, but I, I, let me say it this way better. Potential greatness. I think Ronnie Bell was fantastic last year. Uh, I think he was by far their best receiver and with a group that was good. I mean, Donovan Peoples-Jones and Nico Collins, when, you, when you're the best receiver between those three, that's pretty darn good. So uh, Ronnie Bell coming back is huge. Nico Collins' ability to uh, – to get to the end zone and all you need to do is just throw it up there and he's going to go and get it. That's, that's big time. Um, I, I, I think that Cornelius Johnson's the wild card. They really need him to step up because he's another big receiver uh, because Giles Jackson and Mike Sainer still are, are those, you know, quick little slot uh, receivers that Michigan will use a lot with this offense. Um, Giles Jackson is an absolute threat. I mean, he is very much so like an RJ Shelton that Michigan state had. Um, he's, he's an ability to get in the open field and make plays is fantastic. 
Um, you know, he kind of reminds me of a little bit of a Keyshawn Martin too. You know, he's a, he's a his ability with the uh, jet sweeps um, and, and his ability to catch it in space and, and make plays. You know, if you watch him last year, the run against Ohio State was absolutely huge. That that shows everything you need to know about Giles Jackson and his ability to get in the open field. Uh, his kick return touchdown that he had. Uh, he is great in space. Uh, Mike Sanders still is a very tough kid to cover. You know, they were very high on him last year. I think he's going to have a breakout sophomore year, and he really needs to. This is a very good group, but they're very high on uh, – Throw the tight ends in there. in as a freshman. Well, yeah, if we throw the tight ends, I think Michigan's even more so uh, <laughs> further ahead than State. Um, Nick Eubanks has been around, it seems like, forever. I think Eric All is actually going to be uh, Jake Butt 2.0. This, they have raved about Eric All multiple times. Um, and they had another tight end they threw in last year against Illinois. I forget his name now. And he gets a 30-yard touchdown. Uh, you know, this isn't tight end U. This is tight end college. That's the way I like to say it. I think tight end U has been pretty much uh, Iowa and, and Penn State, even the way they've really extended a tight end. Um, but, uh, yeah, they, they're very good at tight end. I mean, they've been very good since Harbaugh's been there. Um, when you look at what Jake Butt has done and you look at the Nick Eubanks, the Sean McEwens, and now Eric All going into that group, uh, let's not forget one thing I want to say about Eric All, and then I'll let you go, Tyler, is um, he had a huge catch last year against Penn State before Ronnie Bell didn't catch the ball. You know, he almost dropped it, but it was a fourth down, I believe, and he had a critical catch to keep that drive alive. And for them to trust him in that situation was huge. Uh, it was, he was wide open. He bobbled the ball. But just their thought process to say, hey, we want to throw it to Eric All said everything that I needed to know. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You look at the depth that Michigan had at tight end last year, and obviously, you know, we talked about all the quality receivers that they had. Uh, I mean, yeah, that that's a that's a big moment for the kid. Uh, when you look at Michigan State, uh, it's a lot of inexperience, and yeah, I mean, that's what you're going to get really with a lot of these position groups in East Lansing is a lot of inexperience. It was very senior laden team. Uh, you're going to have Jalen Naylor coming back. Uh, I think he's going to be your ideal slot receiver, though he's though he's a little bit bigger than a lot of slot guys. I think he can play outside, too. Uh, lightning quick type guy, though. Uh, Trey Mosley, I know that's your boy. <laughs> I, oh, I, he's I, fantastic. I, I know that's your boy. He he looked good as a freshman last year. And then you had, uh, had uh, Jaden Reed, who uh, – was a freshman All-American. A lot of people had him pegged at the, as the next Corey Davis at Western Michigan. Uh, at tight end, Matt Dotson's returning after being healthy. Trent Gillison's there. Um, Max Burkhorst, I don't know if he's going to end up sticking at tight end. Uh, he played there last year a little bit because of Dotson's injury. And then uh, and then uh, he's ultimately, though, a defensive end, too. So we'll see how kind of how that lays out. Um, then you had Trayvon Morgan, who was Richard Lancer, 6'6", just a monster. Um, I like this group a lot more than a lot of other people do. I'm, I, I think Ronnie Bell's the guy who kind of tips the cap for me. Uh, if Ronnie Bell's not in the picture, I might go with Michigan State on this. But he, he's, the one, he's the one, he's just so good and got so much better as the season progressed last year. Now there's not a question who's the number one receiver. And I think that that right there makes them uh, – I mean, you got to give the edge to Michigan. I think that 
Michigan State's a lot closer than a lot of people realize. But at the same time, any anyone who does not go with Michigan right now, uh, well, they just need to wait a couple more months and then they'll see how wrong they were. So yeah, you've you've got to tip the hat to Mason Blue uh, in regards to uh, that wide receiver group. Uh, I think we're gonna just keep going back and forth here because. Look, when you look at the offensive line for Michigan, I mean, this is this is the one spot where Michigan State has legitimate experience over Michigan. And I think, uh, you know, H.R. Curry was hurt last year. He's expected to come back. Um, then you have J.D. Duplain, who started the back half of the year as a freshman. Nick Samick, who started the back half at center. And he's not even expected. To, he's not even expected to start this season. And then you roll out uh, Matt Allen, who is expected to take Samick's spot, who was hurt last year as well. And then Kevin Jarvis, who was hurt last year. Are are you catching the trend here? Do, do you see? What oh, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> and then Luke. It's absolutely incredible what they've dealt with at Michigan State in the offensive line. I mean, the injuries. It's just. Uh, unprecedented. And, I don't think I've ever seen a position group more deflated because of injuries than that position group. No, it, it's like point guards at Michigan State <laughs> in a walking boot before the season starts. It's something that you've just kind of become accustomed to, unfortunately. But if you look at this group between Matt Carrick and Devontae Dobbs added on to the depth, and Nick Samick, like I said, is probably going to be a backup. If not, you know, we slide him across the line. You know, he's, he can really play anywhere. <laughs> this group is, I mean, you have nine guys with starting experience. And, well, look, guys like Carrick aren't the greatest. They're, they they are good. They, they are still good football players. And I'll let a uh, file breakdown of Michigan's uh, offensive line before we uh, throw out who we got. Uh, I, I think this will be the, the one year – where we'll find out just how great Ed Warner is as a coach, because I do think he's fantastic. I think what he's done for the offensive line as a whole at Michigan has been amazing. And, and, and the proof of that is his four guys being drafted last year, um, you know, and, and Cesar Ruiz being a first rounder was in, insane to me. Um, when you watch them play against Ohio state last year in the offensive line, you just seen how good they were. You know? That's how I feel about the offensive line right there. In and out. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's breaking down. You know I mean, <laughs> it's breaking down in Michigan. Well, let me say this. I want to make this real quick. They were great last year. That's what I was just talking about. The offensive line was fantastic last year. You get four four guys drafted, one in the first round. Um, you know, Jalen Mayfield's going to be a potential NFL player. I mean, we know that. We've, and then basically, that's where I'm going to just stop it at. I mean, everyone else just needs <laughs> to prove it. I mean, everyone else needs to prove it. Uh, you know, they, they've had some other kids step up that have played. Um, they've recruited outstandingly at offensive line, by the way. So I do think that they're going to be young for a few years, and I think they'll be very talented. Um, but it's just not a group that I want to sit here and, and say, oh, yeah, you know, this guy's done this, that guy done, has done this. This is what a lot of Michigan fans do. And let's just be honest, there's only one guy that's done anything, um, and it's Dalen Mayfield. So, um, and Mayfield's a stud. I mean, he's an absolute stud in the making, and but he still hasn't been like outstanding. I mean, he's been very good at times, but you know, we all if we if you talk about Michigan's offensive line title the last few years, who's the first name that usually comes up? It's Ben Bredesen, 
You know, he, he's the guy that they talk or Cesar Ruiz. You know, those are the two guys you really think of. You know, you didn't think of Jalen Mayfield like that. So he still isn't like, look out. He's just got great potential. Um, it's still going to be a very good offensive line. They get the ball out quick. So really, it's, it's a different type of system. They're, they're not power football no more. So I guess it won't matter as much. But, man, I'll tell you what. When they were rolling last year, Tyler, what happened is the offensive line started taking over. The offensive line, they started running simple stuff where it was just quick gives to the running back. Forget this. Forget all this fancy stuff. It's not working. You know, that's when they started punishing teams. You know, if you look at what they were able to do against Notre Dame in the rain, which is really hard to run the football, by the way. People yeah. don't get that. That's why I laugh now when I even went back. You load up the box, too. Exactly. Like, that's why I laugh when we used to say, well, well, Michigan State, when they, they win these games in the rain, well, you still got to block people. You know, you still got to block people in the rain and get space. So they killed Notre Dame. I mean, they crushed that defensive line last year. And, and it was like, wow, this is probably what we should have done all year. Uh, and it was simple gifts to the running back. That's all it was. Simple zone read blocks. And uh, Ed Warner is fantastic at that with their ability to just do something simple and adjust the offensive line. They did that all the Notre Dame game, and they just took it on from there. Um, but this is an experience, man. I mean, Michigan State, you got to give them the edge. You know, there's no question. They, there's no experience for Michigan right now. Um, and the little experience they have is is minimal. It just is. Yeah, those, those injuries could be a blessing in disguise for Michigan State because, like I said, you had J.D. Duplain, Jacob Asaya, Devontae Dobbs, and Nick Samick, all us freshmen get experience, and two of them were able to still hold on to a red shirt. <laughs> and it's oh, it's just, huge. Yeah, and so this this is incredible. I'm still a little bit un, uneasy about the right tackle. I think there's less uh, value there with the absence of Jordan Reed, but look, I'm not, I wasn't that big of a fan of Jordan Reed anyway. <laughs> I think this team, let me add this. I think with Mel Tucker, knowing how he is with that relentless attitude, I think they're going to want to punish teams up front. I think they're going to want to run the football. And I'll be honest with you, Tyler, this is just an opinion, and we'll find out more. I do think that that's what they'll do a lot at the beginning of the year. Let's just run the football. Let's pound teams. Let's control the clock. I don't think it will be much different than Mark D'Antonio. I think they're going to say, look, we, we don't know what we have at quarterback yet. The first few weeks, let's punish teams. You know, let's be physical and let's dominate up front. That's when Michigan State has been so good. And I think people forget this, and I want to say this about both schools. That's when we both are at our best. I'm sorry, but that's just who Michigan and Michigan State will always be a little bit. You know, we're not able to get those five-star athletes. So what we can do is punish you up front, move the ball, control the game, we could still run the spread, but you're not going to beat Ohio State at their game. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. Connor you know, Cook, it's never going to happen. Connor Cook was an absolutely great quarterback. And for my money, one of the best Big Ten has ever seen. At the same time, Jeremy Langford is the most underrated running back the Big Ten has ever seen. Oh, uh, my that, gosh. That How boy, had, he had over 100 yards through nine Big Ten games. In each of his nine Big Ten games, his – uh. I think his uh, junior season and did like emulated that as senior season. Jeremy Langford was unbelievable. And I mean, that's the thing is they were still able to run the ball. And so, yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. In Michigan state though, everyone God, could you imagine the very first play just being a halfback dive right up the middle? 
I would love it. Look, I, I know I, I keep three like and four. That, that's a that's a tribute to D'Antonio. We're going deep to January next play. Yeah, it's like look, you know. All right, I know you guys want a new offense, but just kidding. Boom, right up the gut. I mean, you know, look <laughs> at how good. I mean, this is the last thing I want to say about Michigan on the offense. Yeah, look at how Michigan dominated Alabama up front when they ran the ball. They dominated that first half, Tyler, for the most part. I mean, there was moments where, of course, Alabama's athletes took over, but they moved the football on the ground like nobody's business. Yeah, and, I, and you, it's been a long time game. since you've seen it that happened to Alabama. I like that anyways. Right. I mean, just big gaping holes, you know, with, with running backs in space. It was beautiful. It was like, wow, this offensive line is talented. Michigan and Michigan State need to realize that. This is what's going to take us to the next level. It's not going to be something that Ohio State does. we got to out-physical them. we got to beat them up front. And that's also the reason why Ohio State is a step ahead of everybody right now. They are pretty damn good up front, too. Very underrated so, but, because their skill position players receive so much hype. You know, when you have a quarterback that can escape, that makes you look a lot better. You know, Justin Fields makes two moves, and, and three or four guys got there. They just didn't sack the guy. Um, there was many times that happened last year where Ohio State's O-line got a lot of credit, but really it was, you know, it's pretty easy to block for guys like that. Um, but at the same time, where, where Michigan and Michigan State could really, really give problems to Ohio State, and, and Mark D'Antonio's proven it, um, is to beat them up front. you, you got to out-physical them. you got to control the ball, keep that offense off the field. And uh, I think Michigan State will do that a little better this year than Michigan, and unless something changes right on the fly. Like four um, offensive I, linemen going down in the first game? <laughs> you know, if, if something, yeah, which, you know, I pray that doesn't happen. Really tired of seeing that happen in Michigan State. It's just kind of deflating. Um, but, yeah, Michigan State gets the edge, and, and they've got more experience right now. Yeah. Uh, let's go to the other side of the ball. Defensive line. I think Michigan should be very good. I mean, I think they've been talking a lot about certain guys. I mean, I think we already know about Aiden Hutchinson. We already know about Quiddy Pay, what they bring to the table. Um, you know, they're, they're bringing a lot about, um, you know, Hinton up front and, and Mozzie Smith. Um, and, uh, you know, there's another name that's just it's getting a Jeter. Donovan Jeter is a guy they talk about a lot up there. Um, you know, I, I think that, they will be not very deep, in my opinion. I think they'll be very good. I think Aiden Hutchinson is much like a uh, Chase Winovich. And I think Quiddy Pay is going to have to be a, a little more Josh Uche this year. But Quiddy Pay was really good last year. I mean, he was fantastic. Uh, I, think he won, uh, uh, he's able I think he won one of our Player of the Week awards last year. He, yeah, I mean, he's able to play inside and out, which is nice, because we really have to get stronger, you know, right up front in the middle. Um, we've been not able to get a strong enough push on the, against teams like Ohio State. Um, too many running lanes wide open. Uh, I would like to see them go a little more 4-3 this year. You know, let's just put four guys up there and, and really clog lanes. You know, if teams are going to kill us in the past, at least, you know, we're not letting them just run all over us too. Uh, the problem with Michigan has been very simple. When the D-line doesn't get to, uh, you know, the quarterback, or we don't stop the run, we're just screwed because we're so aggressive in the secondary. So Don Brown's just never going to change that. You know, he did a couple things last year to confuse teams, but really Don Brown's staple is what? We're going to man lock you, and we're going to trust those corners. 
boy, it puts a lot of pressure on uh, the D line to get the job done. So I like the group. I think they're very good. I don't think they're great. Um, there's just not a star in the group, even though Quiddy Pay is a potential yeah, one. Yeah, that's why. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson, they're high on. Yeah, they're, they're a very good group, though. I like this group and something you can hang your hat on. But to take that next step, man, guys are really going to have to get better. They just are. Um, yeah, looking at Michigan State, Jacob Ponishuk returns. And, well, that's it. Um, <laughs> as far as the starters, <laughs> yeah. Rayquan Williams, NFL. Kenny Wilkes, NFL. Mike Ponishuk. Uh, I think he signed with Philadelphia. So all three guys are in the league right now. Um, yeah. It's a uh, look. Despite that, I think this is this can still be a really good group for Michigan State. Uh, you know, Jacob Ponishuk, like I said, he is he's going to be the one lock. Um, in regards to you know what you're going to get from him every play. Naquan Jones is going to be an absolute. He's going to be an absolute stud in his senior season. Uh, just got stuck behind Raekwon Williams, who I felt like was really underrated. I thought he should have been drafted higher. Um, Na- Naquan Jones is, I think, every bit as good. Um, it's just whether or not he's going to be able to do it for an entire game now as opposed to just, you know, every other third down. And uh, yeah. then you have Jacob Slade. Jacob Slade got – Jacob Slade looked pretty solid as a uh, – freshman defensive tackle, uh, him and Jones. One of the things that Michigan State did last year is when Raekwon Williams and Mike Ponishuk went out at defensive tackle, they would put Slade and Jones in there together. And th- those two yeah. guys, so those two guys have been playing with each other for a year. Um, I, th- I think that's huge um, just in regards to communication, stuff like that. I mean, it's not going to be like Mike Ponishuk and Jake Ponishuk speaking Polish to each other to confuse the offensive line and say, okay, this is where I'm going. What are you doing? <laughs> but you also have Jack Camper, who was hurt last year, uh, converted tight end, six foot seven. And then this is where Burke... And they're very high on him, oh, by the way. I, I mean, very you know me. I've him. been talking about him for two years. But it, it's going to be nice yeah. to see him finally get on the field. Um, and then you have this is where Burkhorse comes in. This is where Michael Fletcher comes in. Uh, two guys who, you know, also could play baseball at Michigan State if they wanted. And both guys are um, really just big defensive ends. I, I don't know if I trust the depth in the middle at Michigan State. I definitely trust it on the outside. I like what they have on the outside. And you know what? Even though. Guys like Quiddy Pay, you're sitting there and you've already got a you've already got that guy who is at least rising to that star status. I think collectively I am gonna go with Michigan State here. Yeah, I think it's an interesting pick because you know you're you're not like that doesn't shock me. Um bias aside. <laughs> I, I think that Michigan State has some really good pieces. There's some young talent. I, I think that it, it kind of goes to the running back position where, you know, Elijah Collins is just better than everybody else, right? So even though their collective depth yeah. is better at Michigan, Elijah Collins is better than everyone. Uh, I think that you could say that about Aiden Hutchinson. You know, I, I think that he probably brings something that nobody else brings. As much as Quiddy Pay, I love him. I think Hutchinson the, is the sack guy. You know, he can get to the quarterback Absolutely. and make plays. He's yeah. proven it a few times. And he really came into his own in a few games. Uh, he'll be the wild card. Um, I'll just I'll go with Michigan uh, buys a side too, just because of that. Um, I I think that Hutchinson and Pay create a different dynamic. 
I really want to see what Chase Hinton can do because they're so high on the kid. And, and Mozzie Smith is just an absolute load. I mean, yeah, he's th- huge. So they're, they're going to need someone up front to do, you know, stuff the lanes. I mean, they're going to need Smith to come in and Jeter. And uh, by the way, I keep forgetting, Carl Kemp's coming back. You know, Carl Kemp has been around forever. And, and, and that's probably, you know, a disrespect to him that I didn't mention him right away. But his career has been kind of oh-hum, I guess. You know, like he's good. He's not great. But he's another guy that is a fifth-year player. So uh, him and Pay coming back for their fifth years uh, is huge. So I'll give the edge to Michigan. But it's a lot closer. Yeah, those, those two guys, Hutchinson and uh, Pay, like, kind of made me want to lean that way. But I just think collectively I'm more sold on the depth at Michigan State than I am at Michigan right now. And I think that's just the way I'm going to go. Uh, well, it's a little bit. Yeah, well, well, it's kind of like the Elijah Collins situation. All those guys are going to see the field, though. Elijah Collins, you can just throw him on the field and let him rock out sixty minutes. So, uh, that, so right. that was why I kind of went with Michigan State there. Uh, that's why I'm going with Michigan State now. I'm not going to do it at linebacker, though. <laughs> I'm not going to do it at linebacker. I think Antoine yeah. Simmons is easily the best of the bunch. Michigan or Michigan State really came into his own last year when Bobby got suspended. Really stepped up. This guy's a Bonafide leader. He's so underrated, and he's going to he's going to end up at least second team All Big Ten this year. I think uh, there Noah Harvey was okay. He's still a little young, uh, even for a middle linebacker, even for a Michigan State level middle linebacker, where you know they still believe in just complete dominance and just physically manhandling you. Noah Harvey is a little slow, and I, I think that that's – Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if it's necessarily him breaking down the offense just because he wasn't playing a lot. If it is, that's awesome because now he is playing a lot. And so, uh, you know, you get better with experience. Uh, outside of that, Jesler Botang didn't play a lot last year. Chase Klein, Michigan State used him as a defensive end last year. Um, I, I really like Klein. I, I really, really like this kid. I think he can be a special player. But right now, there's just too much inexperience. Antoine Simmons is the only guy I'm going to sit there and say that I'm completely comfortable with. I think he's better than anybody that Michigan has a linebacker. But there's just not a lot else that uh, makes me want to lean Michigan State's line yeah, this would probably be the only group I disagree with you. I think Cam McGrone is, is by far head and shoulders better than anyone from uh, Michigan State at this point. Antoine Simmons is fantastic. That's not a knock on him. I just think Cam Oh, McGrone absolutely. Is a star. I'm not bashing McGrone uh, either. <laughs> you know. No, no, I know you're not. No, I just think that it's the one position group still, though, that I, let me add this, that Michigan has a lot of question marks because as people don't look at Jordan Glasgow and think much, but he was fantastic. And, and he was very, very good last year. And he was shockingly an all-Big Ten performer last year. Um, you know, and it, it was really threw a, a wrench in everybody's mind. Oh, wow, this kid is not a, a walk-on anymore. Um, Josh Ross comes back. That will help. And I'll be honest with you, because of COVID-19 and my ability to not watch much, I don't know who the hell else is going to step up. <laughs> um, you know, I, I don't think there's a lot of depth there. I, I think they're big-time trouble at that position unless guys develop. I know there's throwing around a lot of names. I'm going to do the same thing I do with O-line. I don't really want to hear about these names until I watch them play because names don't mean anything unless names make plays. And right now, Cam McGrone and Josh Ross are the only two guys that have really done anything spectacular. Um, I know they have other guys that have played a lot. Um, you know, 
it's just not notable, you know, notable right now. When you lose Josh Uche, when you lose Glasgow, those are two guys that play very well at linebacker. And Uche was able to come close to the line and really attack as being just a pass rusher. They don't have that. Cam McGrone's the only guy at linebacker who they can say, go get the quarterback. Um, last year they had him and Uche. That's a huge threat. And we look and look how much struggles they had, Tyler, still when having that. So, you know, I think that, that this is going to be a position group that really needs to play well because I love what I see on D-line. I think there's huge possibilities for young kids to step up, and I absolutely love what we have at secondary. But I am not overly thrilled at what's going on. At no, and I mean, I, I, I think that's safe to say that <clears throat> there's more question marks with both schools here than any other position with the exception of quarterback. And, but – I mean, yeah. you you said it. You know, you got McGrone, you got Ross coming back. I, I that's obviously enough to tip the scales in favor of Michigan. And just because, yeah, it's t- it's close though. It's a lot closer than people think. It's it's like <laughs> any position group. Honestly, we could go to the season, Tyler. I'd be like, Jesus, every position group's better for Michigan State. I mean, you just don't know. It's not like there's a landslide. I think receiver, even. I think that would be the one group where we could all look around and say. Michigan has way more players, but really, Michigan State has a lot of talent at that position. So, at least among the first teams, three or four. A, yeah, I mean, if if I was to sit here and someone said, "What do you think about Michigan, Michigan State?" You know what I would probably say is, "I have no idea," because you know we don't know. I mean, we've seen this. How many years have we seen this? Where I thought Michigan State in 2013 was going to stink up the joint, and they were fantastic. Yeah, no, no. I mean, they were but, they were probably should have yeah, been. Yeah, they were. They're all right. They were couple of questionable PI plays away. But no, th- that's the thing. Okay, when yeah. when you and I sat down and we came up with this idea to do to do this little position breakdown, I thought I was gonna be leaning Michigan's way a lot more. I thought you were gonna be leaning Michigan way Michigan's way a lot more. I mean we're we're saying Michigan is like quite a bit, but it's like, God, you know what? Now that I'm breaking it down, Michigan State might be a little bit closer than we realize. And well, last year was a huge – there was a huge disparity last year, and I think we didn't realize how much better Michigan was last year than the state, yeah. whereas I think this year it won't be that case. Like, I think we, we didn't give Michigan enough credit last year because um, they started off so crappy. But once we started really thinking about it, like, that was a physical mismatch last year. I mean, they had Khalid Hudson, by the way. Michigan did. They had, uh, you know, Josh Uche. They had, um, you know, they had uh, – gosh, why is his name not coming uh, – you know, Hill, we had Hill at corner. You know, we had Donovan Peoples-Jones. I mean, we had Shea Look, Patterson. Okay, back. okay. I'm, we had four offensive linemen who were drafted. Yeah. I mean, that was a damn good Well, let me just say this year. about just Donovan Peoples-Jones. He's irrelevant unless he's going against Trey Person. Right. <laughs> but that's the physical mismatch. I mean, that my point is, here's the difference. Trey Person won't have to go against him this year. So, for some reason, uh, when Donovan Peoples-Jones sees Trey Person, he's like, oh, my God, I'm an NFL first-rounder today. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what it is about those two, but that was just like – that's an example, Tyler, of bad matchups where there's just certain guys that Michigan had. I'm going to be honest with people. They're not going to like this on the Michigan side. We are very spoiled because we had a damn good couple years of football. <laughs> And the problem is, is Ohio State's just yeah. freaking unreal. And, you know, and we just can't beat them. I mean, if you look at what they've been able to accomplish besides that game, they've won a lot of damn football games. And they've had so many good players. I mean, look how many guys they drafted. I mean, like it or not, you can talk about what round they were drafted in. 
They still had 11 guys drafted. So, you know, it's, it's insane. So I think Michigan State actually has a clean slate with a new coach. They've got an opportunity to make a stand now. They don't have to play against some of these guys that kicked their butt a few years. I think this year is going to be very interesting in that game. Yeah, I and really I, oh do. my god, I can't wait to see how relentless uh, Mel Tucker is in handling this. I, I mean, this. I, I still think quarterback's a big issue for Michigan State. Um, the youth is an issue, and I think I told you this, like even before we knew about D'Antonio stepping down. I think I told you I don't expect much from Michigan State this year. In two years, though. You look at all these guys, all these names that I've mentioned, and it's like, God, you know what? He showed flashes a little bit, but he was a true freshman last year. If, in two years, like all these guys are going to, like, they're going to be well-developed starters. And that, that oh yeah, yeah, it's going to, it's going to take a year or two. I still, I, I still think they'd be lucky to make a bowl game this year, especially given their schedule. But yeah, I, I think they're the potential is there. Mark D'Antonio, it's not like he ever lost a step recruiting. He was still in the top 30-some-odd every time and was able to develop those players. Uh, Mel Tucker knows a little bit more what the NFL wants, having a plethora of experience there. And so we'll we'll see if he can develop those guys for the NFL and not just for college because I think that's all kind of what got pegged on D'Antonio, despite the fact he has sent some very good pros to the NFL, yeah. like Bell and Cousins. So oh, that, yeah. that's something that uh, – and yeah. uh, Trey Wayne's. So that's something that we'll see uh, as, you know, you know, it sucks, but you, you got to wait and see right now. Uh, you know, right. we're going to just skip over special teams because, look, Michigan State's punter from Australia decided to go back home. Uh, Coughlin was really inconsistent, <laughs> so we're just going to skip. We'll, we'll, Michigan State will forfeit that one. Um, we still have to go over the defensive backs. And uh, we are going to start with yeah. you. Uh, it was just good. You know, I think it's been a really good run uh, with, with Zordich as a, you know, defensive back coach. Um, I, I think Don Brown's been able to bring a different attitude, which uh, makes us tougher to go against. Um, we, we are much like Narduzzi when he was at Michigan State. We get physical. We, we hold guys. We grab guys. We fight. You know, we fight. We don't just let you have it for free. Um, you know, that's where we stand. Uh, I think Ambry Thomas is a potential star. Um, I think Vincent Gray is actually better. We just haven't seen it enough yet. Um, I think he is really, really good. I think Daxton Hill is a potential star. Um, you know, and I think he's going to stand out at safety. Um, I don't think it's a ton of depth. I think it's much like linebacker where you got a few guys that are really, really good. And we just don't know what will happen if someone gets hurt. So I, I like the group. I think Ambry Thomas is really good. I think Vincent Gray has great size. Um, you know, we, we have a kid coming from Belleville. His name's not Selden, AJ Selden, who's a freshman. They're super high on. I think he's tiny though at five, eight or nine. Uh, but he, they love him. They absolutely love this kid. So that's a potential backup that could play. Um, other than that, it's a lot of guys that we don't know. You know, it's, it's just names. And I always say that because I'm a big believer. Like you, I said, you do have to I don't prove know it a little about bit. much with names. You have to prove it. You know, it's just like, Trey Mosley proved it enough last year for me. He showed glimpses where I go, that kid could be a very good player. Um, you know, I don't know if Vincent Gray, he had moments where, you know, he's good. He started a lot. You know, he played a lot. Um, Avery Thomas was hurt, so he stepped in. So I guess I'll correct myself. Vincent Gray's <laughs> proven it too. He's like a Trey Mosley on the other end. Um, but 
you got to have depth, man. You just do. And, and they don't have the same depth. Uh, you know, you lose the kids that they've lost the fat last few years. And then by the way, you lose Josh Metellus, who uh, is my favorite and least favorite player ever to play at Michigan because God, I love it when he stops to run, but God, I hate it when he covers in the past. So, uh, you know, but he will be missed. It's a lot of snaps yeah. that you lose. So, uh, you know, interesting. Good group. Uh, Michigan State uh, lost Josiah Scott. Obviously, uh, I believe he went to Jacksonville. Um, yeah, that's it. <laughs> but, no, no, seriously, <laughs> seriously uh, Shakir, Shakir Brown and Kalen Gervin, uh, Gervin, one of the more highly touted recruits that Michigan State's had. I do really like Shakir Brown. He got beat a couple of times, but he is strong. He's physical, and when he did get beat, it was usually the receiver was making a good play. I, I think uh, Brown's he's he's an incredible blitzer off the edge um, as well. I really I'm really really high on him. I don't think Gervin starts because Gervin. Even though he was a true freshman last year, he, he was confused at moments, uh, like too confused. Uh, I, I think he's got the talent yeah. eventually to get there. But, I mean, having those two guys battle over one spot, it's funny how the two guys who have played cornerback their entire careers at Michigan State aren't even the solidified starter yet. Because Julian Barnett is yeah. coming over from wide receiver. I think he's the guy, though. I, t- Tyler, I really believe he'll be the, the guy they've needed. And I believe that's why this position group battle is so hard to choose. I think that I'm so glad you mentioned that. And, and I know I, I, I'm trying to not intervene too much with Michigan State, but I really love the potential at receiver and corner for Michigan State. And I think Barnett going to that oh, yeah. side is huge. Because we, we huge said it, the that. wide receiver battle, I, you know, you had Mosley Taylor. You have us. Uh, I mean, I didn't even talk about C.J. Hayes, Lawrence Nelson, and then you obviously uh, Jaden Reed. You have those guys there who can be a solid starting, who can be like a solid five, and then you. Uh, but at corner, it's Shakir Brown, Kalen Gervin, the man who, and that's. I know they uh, do mm. have a smaller freshman that they're really high on, but Julian Barnett, I think, makes makes a different, makes more of a difference at cornerback than he does uh, wide receiver. So I think this is a good move. Uh, Xavier Henderson, uh, he's got to take that next step. If he can take that next step, I think the secondary can be really, really good with Shakir Brown and Barnett and then Henderson there too. Um, The one spot where it becomes a little bit of an issue is free safety because Mm -hmm. it is Trey Person. Um, You... Did we have you, to call you do it again? I mean, it's straight person for now. I'm hoping Michael Dowell can uh, take a step up, and hopefully he plays more like Andrew than David um, because David Dowell had some <laughs> issues last year. Let's just say that. Uh, a few. I wish he God, I, but I Between him. Dowell and person, I, I, like, I, I could beat them. I'm sorry. Um uh, <laughs> Let me just say this and make so Tyler can take a breather before he loses his mind. I love Trey Person, number one. He's my favorite. He reminds me of a lot of this other guy. Uh, I forgot his name. I think you might remember him in 2004. Leave, uh, leave you know, Jared Hayes alone. He was a converted running back. He had no business out there. Um, but yeah. Oh, my gosh. 
And by the way, we're not dissing anyone when we say these things. We're just every player, no matter what, if you play like dog crap, you get treated like that. Sorry, it is yeah, a sports show. We're, we're honest here. Look, those David <laughs> David Dowell's a great athlete, and I think uh, he could have a future in the NFL. the The potential is there. I yeah. like Shakira Brown a lot. But I like Shakira Brown a lot. But but he, I think he's the guy, Tyler. Too. I mean, Julian. No, Barnett. it's going to be Barnett and Brown. I think, like, I, I would love yeah. that group. Uh, it's just so athletic. And then, obviously, Henderson is just a solidified starter. But uh, if he if he takes the next step, mm-hmm. uh, we might be seeing the no-fly zone return in East Lansing. Um, but Yes. I like that. I like that. I, I mean, I, I like Trey Person getting burned more, but I, I it's yeah. fun Trey, to watch here's, good here's football. So. Trey Person. Even he's listed, he's listed as it right now. But Michael Dowell has been making a push, and then you have Darius Snow, Eric Snow's son. Of uh, well, just go into the Breslin Center and look up, and you'll be able to see Eric Snow's name. You go to Spartan Stadium, you look up, and you can see Percy Snow's name, and uh, that's Darius Snow's uncle. Yeah, this, this guy's got this guy might be an athlete. I don't, I don't know. It looks like it runs in the family pretty well. Um, I, I would not be genes, surprised yeah. if he takes over that starting job within the first couple of weeks. It's just a matter of the fact that he is an incoming freshman. There was no spring ball. He has. Mm-hmm. Well, he, uh, he plays linebacker, he, right? He, he kind of played all over in high school, but I think he's going to be a safety in East Lansing. It, oh, good. Yeah. And, well, and, they, yeah, they and so that. if you put that's, snow, that's if you yeah. put, if snow, is all he's cracked out to be, which, I mean, even that may take a couple of years. And then you have Henderson and Barnett and Brown. I really like this group. I don't know if I'm going to go over Michigan <laughs> with that group just because the factory person is still expensive, still might be a starter. God, I mean, how many times that look, look it's, it's people but, that understand me and Tyler, uh, we have to have a And, and I'm going to they mention Trey Person. As many times as he got beat by Donovan Peoples Jones. Yeah, it, Trey Persons is my Jordan Poole uh, covering Matt McQuaid situation. That is, I'm going to throw let, something just even saying that. Stay down. Let, the let, let me just drop this on you. Trey Person lost two jump balls to Northwestern wide receivers. I'm done. He's athletic. He, yeah. He's gifted. But when he does get beat, he doesn't have. He, he's okay. Kari Willis was never really the fastest guy on the field. And he would get beat. But when that ball was in the air, there was always a second gear. And he always found a way to make the play. Trey Person does not have it. When he gets beat, you know, it's burnt toast. So. No. Well, Kari was such an instinctive player. I mean, we, we've talked about Kari a lot. And, you know, Kari was always in the right place at the right time. And, and whatever he lacked with any sort of speed, he was able to make up for it with, with the ability to have the awareness. So, you know, if you're going to be lacking in some areas, you got to make up for it big time in other areas. And, and that's, that's why, why that's so why David Dowell never – that's able- why David Dowell uh, peaked as a sophomore is because he had those athletic yeah. gifts where he didn't make up for – he didn't have those other ones. And so instead of using that athleticism, he would just uh, go after the football and 
look on fakes and end arounds or when the quarterback sneaks out of the pocket, Justin Fields, you know, he would leave his man and that type of thing. Look, yeah. it doesn't fly. Uh, who who got beat last year in the end of the game when Michigan wanted to rub it in when Cornelius Johnson just got free? You know what? I, I, Look, I, I have watched every and... play of Michigan State football for as long as I can rem- remember. I may have turned the end of that one off. Yeah, no, I, but I was like an example in their secondary last year where even though it was the end of the game, like it reminded me of Michigan in the past where just, come on, you know, you got to stick with the guy. You got to lock on him. And, and then he comes up to come after the quarterback and he leaves the receiver wide open <laughs> where they, they left. Remember the third and 20 last year was Sean McEwen right down the middle. Yeah. Where's the safety? I mean, that that was Kari Willis. Kari Willis would have not allowed that. That's a fourth down. You know, he's cutting that off. And, you know, where Xavier Simpson – or <laughs> Xavier Simpson – Xavier Henderson, holy crap. Uh, <laughs> Jeff Jackson, excuse me, I'm sorry. Uh, Xavier Henderson – well, I'm on a roll today. Uh, Xavier Henderson has to cover too much ground if he's the only guy back there knowing what the heck to do. And he has had made a lot of mistakes. So, they need a lot of help and safety. It's not going to be coming from Xavier Simpson. Where he, uh, because he plays basketball. You know, he's um, just – it's not going to work. <laughs> Xavier Simpson shout out to Xavier Simpson love you brother god this is our longest show and it's clear why we normally try to keep these around a half hour can we just keep talking let's let's try to talk like let's let's just talk about funny stuff now who we won't miss? So, anyways, oh, this Trey Person guy. Um, (laughs) oh my god, no, Trey Person is expected to be there. I, you know what, I came into this thinking I was gonna go Michigan. Hey, I'm not sure now just because I really love the corners at Michigan State, but it, you know what? I'm not going to be like you and claim it as a tie. I, I am going to go with Michigan. Uh, I, I will too, you know, and, and I, <laughs> I'm sorry. I think the Trey person thing did it over, put me over the top, but no, it'll be, it'll be an interesting group. But let me, let me say this about all the groups we just talked about. Um, I, I think that it's much closer than people need to realize. I, I think where Michigan is better now, and I said this to you last year, Tyler, where I thought that Michigan State didn't have enough playmakers. I still think that that's going to be the next step for them, where they're going to need one of those receivers to have a big you know, breakout season. They're going to need Elijah Collins to be who he is. They're going to need the quarterback to, to make plays. Where I think we have a little more proof with Michigan, with Ronnie Bell able to make plays. Nico Collins has been fantastic with the deep ball, the jump balls. Um, you know, Nick Eubanks has been reliable and we have seen Ambry Thomas get some interceptions. We've seen some bigger plays from Aiden Hutchinson and, and other guys, maybe more so than Michigan State. As far as depth, as far as the whole team, this is not a landslide. This is actually much closer than people think. But I think it's the, it's, it's the playmakers. Who's going to be the Benny Fowler? Who's going to be a guy like R.J. Shelton who comes in and makes a big play on a jet sweep? You know, is Elijah Collins going to be a lady? Oh, okay, Bell okay, really, really quick. Uh, Let already... me just cut you off on that jet sweep thing because we we don't know if, Michigan, if that's going to be part of Michigan no State's offense anymore. Thank God. <laughs> what? Well, well, oh, my God. When? Okay, because <laughs> Mel Tucker, who, by the way, just an absolute social media genius. So, so he, he is incredible yeah, he working is. this, and I think it plays even that much more into it, given the fact, you know, you can't have these in-person recruiting things. But you can't tell me that every recruit, you know, if you're being recruited yeah. by Tom Herman, you're, that you're not following him. 
if you're being recruited by Mel Tucker or Jim Harbaugh, you're not following those guys. Mel Tucker sure. is a genius, but he did have he did have a Twitter Q and A when he first got hired, and someone I believe asked him, "How many short side jet sweeps can we see this year?" And his response was, "What are those?" <laughs> Thank God, right? Michigan State fans are like, "Thank you, Jesus." Sweet yeah. Jesus, no more sweets. But that was such a good well, 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 here's the, here's the thing. Years, I don't have a you know? problem with the jet sweep every once in a while. But when you run to the short side of the field, when you're trying, when the whole point of a jet sweep is to give it to your fast guy on a running start, run to the long side of the field so he can keep out running people. I just thought <laughs> that was kind of common sense. <sighs> yeah, it was. I, I think you're going to see some. You know what I see from Mel Tucker is a more aggressive, mean coach. That's a lot like a Josh Gaddis, younger guy, comes in, re-energizes. Let me just say this about Josh Gaddis. I didn't even touch on him. I think he's going to be fantastic, and I am wrong. I thought it was a terrible move at first, and, and I was too quick with Josh Gaddis. I think he was fantastic last year. I thought he brought in a lot of new wrinkles. I think they were confused at first, which we kind of thought they would be. I think Mel Tucker is a great young coach that Michigan State needed at this time. You know, it was a perfect hire. Whereas I think if Luke Fickle comes in, I think that they would have expected too much. I think they would have expected Luke Fickle to come in and, and, and go 10-2 and two the first year. Where I think with Mel Tucker, this is good for Michigan State. Maybe your first year you, you take some lumps, but this is the guy you want for your future. A and young it, guy. Um, I think and, it, and it helps. He has Look, great experience. You know how great much I love Antonio, too. and you know how much I cherish that Rose Bowl football that I have signed by him and other members of that uh, 2013 team. Like, you know that. And I love Antonio, but there is – I don't want to say a lack of enthusiasm because I don't know what he's like as a person. But Mel Tucker is ju- – he just – brings a different energy and with how stoic D'Antonio's demeanor could be at times, I think it's a great hire. It is. It's, it's, it's the better hire. Oh yeah. Than Cause I we dogged it. We never said this. I, we did. But, we, we, well, and this the, is, the this more, is what the I, more I watch him on think media. about. I want to look, go he's ahead. already got a D'Antonio level recruiting class. And he hasn't even completed his, like his own first cycle recruiting wise. I, I think that this, I think that he can eventually bring in the energy. And look, if he can stick around these first couple of years and develop all of this, this freshman and sophomore talent that I've talked about, if he can do that, this is going to be a really, really good program again. This is why it's a good hire and why, why people like myself were wrong. Um, I, used to, I compared it a lot to um, hiring Rich Rodriguez, you know, where this is not even close to that. Rich Rodriguez was at a program that uh, it was easier to win at West Virginia than it would be in the Big Ten. Uh, total non-fit at Michigan. Mel Tucker is a great fit for Michigan State. He has the attitude that Michigan State likes. He has the toughness. He's already perfect. Yeah, with he, that he, he keeps D'Antonio's chip on the shoulder, but Hard brings a different energy physical. about it. 
Right, a younger guy with the same chip on the shoulder mentality, which was needed. I, I think Luke Fickle could have probably been a Rich Rodriguez, where he could have. And look at what he did at Ohio State, by the way. Let's not forget what Luke Fickle did at Ohio State with great talent. In his coaching day, he lost a lot of games. So I, I think this is a good step. I think this is a guy that will be like Mark D'Antonio. They might not win a ton of games right away. I think he may shock some people, and they may win six or seven games in the first year. He might be the type of guy that, hey, they win eight. You just don't know. This is not a team or a coach that should be expected to win a Big Ten championship in his first two years. But this is a team and a coach that don't be surprised if they're hovering around. And they're hovering around, and they're getting closer, they're getting closer, and then, boom, they have that fourth year or whatever, and they win the Big Ten East. I think that's who Mel Tucker is. I, I don't know if it will happen, but I do think it was a good hire now. I think he brings the right mentality. I think it's a perfect fit. I actually think it's a better fit than Luke Fickle would have been. I think people would have been calling for Luke Fickle's head after year one if he went six and seven. They would have been saying, well, it's just like Ohio State. You know, he, he only can win, you know, at the smaller school. He's just a coordinator, blah, blah, blah. Where I think Mel Tucker, I do think they're going to give him time. And that's needed. Tyler. Yeah, that's absolutely. Needed um, because he, he, he is, he, it's weird. Like I said, he's different, but he's the same. He brings a different energy, but he has that same chip on the shoulder. I'm going to work harder than you uh, mentality that D'Antonio had. And so, look, I, I think it's great. Um, going over this, you know, this almost made me feel a little more comfortable now that I actually did the breakdown of Michigan State. Like, I, I told you, I would be, you know, five wins I think would be the high end of what this guy's capable of. You know, and I'm certainly into it. Could you pull off seven? I, I don't know. Yeah, I think bowl game. I, I yeah, bowl game needs to happen. Success. I think oh, bowl it, game it, year it, one it would, would be a huge it would be incredible just given the youth and then yeah. at the same time you know, and you and I have beaten this freaking horse to death. Uh, the schedule. It's... Well, it's a bear for everybody. I mean, Michigan. They were just talking about Michigan's schedule. I mean, I hate to do early predictions, but every single prediction about Michigan was third in the Big Ten every prediction, which, you know, <laughs> is pretty typical because that's what they always finish. Yeah, that's what they always finish. But I think the reason Ohio why – Ohio State's going to be Ohio State. State's yeah. going to be great this year. Ohio State's going to be Ohio State. Minnesota is going to be very tough. I mean, P.J. Fleck has them rolling. Um, you know, we're in a situation where it's a very tough division. It's a very tough conference, and it's so competitive. This is not like – Rich Rodriguez coming into Michigan and Mark D'Antonio coming into Michigan State. This is a whole different ball game. These are, this is a loaded conference. So let's re, let's be realistic here. Yeah, you no, know, Mel Tucker's very tough to very tough conference. <laughs> so for him to get to a bowl game and win, very tough division. I mean, Jim Harbaugh is as much as he's not you know met the standard. Yeah, they've won nine games, nine and a half games per year. Um, they're expected yeah. to do that every year. When nine you and gotta a, go when, against not, when nine and a half State, games, they is win third 10 place games in your division regularly. That that I mean that speaks to the, uh That just speaks to what Mel Tucker is walking into, and then you throw in the youth, then you throw in the fact that you know Miami's not exactly a pushover. I mean, it's not like the. 80s hurricanes or anything like that, but they're not exactly a pushover. Then you got to trip out to BYU, and then you have Toledo. I mean, they're solid Mac school. Solid Mac schools aren't as bad as 
people want to think, yep. uh, you know, you talk about, you know, Western with Corey Davis and I'm not going to talk about Central with Antonio Brown or Dan LaFever. Um, <laughs> but they're, they're not that bad. Uh, I mean, yeah. even what, Kareem Hall went to Toledo, right? Well, well, well yeah, it was one of the best. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a uh, tough was one of the uh, best running backs in the NFL before he turned punter. And, uh, uh, you know, we were doing so good until that. Yeah. But. <laughs> no, it's okay. You know, Trey Person probably yeah, ruined, ruined all, a lot for me. For all of us. But no, yeah, Michigan's <laughs> got a bear too, man. Yeah, Washington, first game, Michigan, good luck. I mean, as everyone talks that Washington, new coach, new quarterback. Well, that's a talented team. I mean, every year they're very good. The so Michigan's got their own issues. Um, Michigan but... State has theirs. I, I think it's a different conference. You know, it's fast. It's fast with. You know, you got some great talent, but, you know, it's just not what we're accustomed to seeing yeah. in, in the SEC and Big Ten where it's it's both. It's physical. But look at Oregon, though, man. I mean, Oregon, you know, handled Wisconsin and, you know. That they, great quarterback they, scored they seven against Michigan though. State two years ago. Help. Let's not forget that. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, he probably would have yeah, scored I mean, more you know, if I, Bobby I think that, didn't completely just you know, screw up special teams. But, that. <laughs> Yeah, let me let me end on. I want to end on this because I know we we're excited. We, we haven't already all, all this all day. I, <laughs> I want to make a quick prediction because reading, you know, yeah, we we had um they were talking about Michigan, you know, a lot with the uh you know I I read a a post that was talking about their prediction, Athlon Sports and all these magazines and and so on and so forth. Um, you know, this is a very important year for Michigan where they're going to have to find a way to be better than they have somehow. And, you know, the sad part about it is this is the problem where Jim Harbaugh, I've been as bad as anybody with this, is I've expected more. Um, I've expected them to win the Big Ten East. They've been close a few times. Um, Sadly, it's just not going to happen. Um, It's not going to happen this year, and the chances of it happening the next year are pretty slim, too. Um, that's the scary part for Michigan fans is you have to sit here and realize who you are. And, and I know I keep beating this over and over, but it's true. And I think with Jim Harbaugh, he, he just, you're going to have to deal with the khakis for a long time, people. I mean, it's just, this is where we are. This is probably where we will be. Uh, a level of consistency is still good. And I think it will be another year of consistency of winning nine games or eight games again. I mean, I just do. And, and that doesn't really go well with people, but it's just the bottom line right now. And if I have to make a prediction, I think everybody's prediction about Jim Harbaugh on this team is, is but spot on. Here, here's Nine the thing. And three, um, you know, and Milton or McCaffrey may be able to push that a little bit. It, yeah. It, it, well, not right. even, I think if I they mean, make the right both choice, guys, yeah. like you said, bring something different to the table. If they can utilize those, not just make the right choice, but utilize those guys, properly because I don't think Patterson was being utilized properly um, and I mean obviously he was still a good football player but that I think that that's going to be the difference over there well let me say this Tyler oh, like, last thing I know I keep, I'm, I'm having so much fun talking to you this is where people need to start yeah well, this is where people we, I feel like we haven't talked in years um, this is where fans especially need to hear this Shea Patterson was really good at times. I mean, Shea Patterson threw for 23 touchdowns last year, seven interceptions. That's not wowing you, right? 
But what do you expect? Do you expect 50 touchdowns from your quarterback like Justin Field? It's not going to happen. I mean, it's just not going to happen no matter who the quarterback is. Justin Fields is on a different level, and he also has different level guys around him. So you got to know that as good as you want the quarterback to play, he's not going to be Trevor Lawrence. He's not going to be Justin Fields. He's not going to be Joe Burrow. So, you know, he doesn't have those pieces around him, whoever the quarterback is. So you got to win collectively. You got to win the way Mark D'Antonio did at Michigan State. Great defense, ball control. I know that sucks and it's boring. But it's the only way you're going to beat Ohio State because you can't do what they do. And we're all fools. Yeah, to you, think, you can't oh, go point for point with Ohio State. We can't win. No, we got to stop them. No, yeah. you're going to lose every year. You're going to lose 56 to 27 every year. You're going to lose whatever the bad score was two years ago. They need to get back to what happened, Tyler, when they, when they had a spot. 17-14 in the end of the game. That's yeah. Michigan State beating Ohio State. That's Michigan was doing the same thing. Shutting them down, stopping them, making keep, them keep it out of uh, whatever. And why do fans not get this? Ohio State has keeping it out of his hands and not fumbling. If you're the quarterback, you know, on our side, like Shea <laughs> Patterson did and Wilton Speet, and you know, I like to call him Wilton. Well, what was horrible? I mean, was the fact horrible. he fumbled That's or the nickname you gave, and we all need to realize that. <laughs> My name, yeah, Wilton. Wilton, sh- shut up. You know, Wilton. All right. Well, Wilton's it's clear. It's clear like that Jeremy Wilton's and I have fight, peaked. You know, like he just it. here today. Um, so we are going to wrap this up. <laughs> and uh, yes. you know, good time going over all the position groups. Things open up in. Uh, shut up. Things open Wilton's up feet. in a week in East Lansing. <laughs> I'm excited for. Steven Tricker three. I don't know. So am Sorry. I. For Jeremy Fowler and Tyler Harris, this was the Trouble with the Santa Hopkins. <laughs>